Episode 2 Boxes, Mushrooms, Trench Coat and Boots I set about um, having six weeks holiday like I'd done for the last ten years. Did a bit of fishing, cycled from Sutton Close to Westwood Green to meet my friends, played football, cricket and uh, a few cycle races around Westwood Green. Because there was no cars there in those days, most people could only afford to have one car and the husband took that to work. So we would cycle around there, sometimes four or five abreast, like a velodrome. It was brilliant. After a couple of weeks, my dad had a talk with me. He said, uh, you can't carry on like this. You need to go and get a job. Oh, this came as a bit of a shock to me. So... I got on the bus and I found myself at Maidenhead Job Centre. In those days you could just walk in the job centre and have a look round. In later life when I became unemployed they stopped you doing that. They had a security guard on the door and unless you were actually signed on you couldn't come and look in around the job centre. So if, if you were fed up with your job and you just wanted to have a look round that was no longer possible. But I had a look at a card and they had one and it was like a security guard at Windsor Safari Park, which is now Legoland. But it basically meant uh, where the cars come through, they shut one gate and then they open the next gate into the next enclosure. So I would stop any lions getting in the middle and eating the tourists. Although that seemed quite like fun, I thought it would get quite boring after a while and I'd probably end up just letting a lion into see what would happen really. So I found another card and it was for Gerard's Greengrocers. No experience required and all the fruit and veg you can eat. Well I thought that sounded quite good for a start. So I think the man there, must they must have phoned up and arranged for me to go around and see the manager straight away. So Because it was in Maidenhead High Street. So I must have gone round there. And he said, yes, you know, you seem to be fine. Uh, when can you start? And I, I thought he'd be like, you know, it'll be two or three weeks, you know. But he said, uh, no, you could start tomorrow. I'll see you at eight o'clock. So this job malarkey was all getting a bit serious. So I arrived at the shop at eight o'clock in the morning. I had a brief tour around the shop. The shop was right in the middle of Maidenhead High Street. You came in, it had a counter with all fruit and veg on the front and then behind that had like potatoes in big bins and everything and then on the front of the shop it had a display in the window. Out the back there was the manager's office and then a large sort of warehouse area. Gerald's Greengrocers was a chain and they, all the fruit and veg used to be delivered in the early hours of the morning and it was delivered on like a big wheel trolley. And then during the day, you had to break up all the boxes and everything that arrived, put that back in the tray, and that was taken away by them when the next delivery came the next day. 
So I can remember quite clearly the first job I was given was to crush up this large pile of boxes and put it back in this trolley so they could be taken away the next night. So suddenly I was working from 8 o'clock in the morning till 6 o'clock at night, six days a week. I loved it. The shop was right in the middle of Maidenhead High Street. You could see all the girls walking up and down through the window. I'd have an hour off for lunch. I'd go round Maidenhead. I'd go in Virgin Records, then into Smith's, and then to, to another small independent record shop. Then on the Friday, I was handed a brown paper envelope full of money. So I went straight out and bought a trench coat. It was grey, woollen, and went right the way to the ground. It was brilliant, but not quite brilliant enough. So the following week, when they gave me another brown envelope full of money, I went out and bought some tan cowboy boots. I put steel studs in the bottom of it, so when I walked along the high street, you could hear me coming from miles off. I was so cool. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, hey Dave, we haven't got mushroom left in this episode. We need you to get to the core of the fruit and veg industry. Gerard's greengrocers consisted of the manager and then there was a couple of ladies around the mid-40s and, uh, and then there was me. But we did have some Saturday staff. Um, I can't remember now, but obviously they were young 16-year-olds, and then that meant I could boss them around. Hey, come on, we need some more mushrooms. Fill up those sprouts. Oh, the power, the power. Well, another week went by, another brown envelope with money. I didn't need any more clothes. I was completely suited and booted. Well, trench coat and booted. So I started buying records. The first record I bought was Barkenham Turner Overdrive, not Fragile. It had all the hits in it, You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet, and Roll On Down the Highway. It was around this time I went to my first live gig. I went with my brother, who was at this time at uh, Slough College. I think the gig was at Langley College, but he'd heard about it. I think we'd seen this band on the old grey whistle test. They were called Alberto Wylostrios. Paranoias. Their main hit, or their only single, was called Snuff Rock, with the delightful lyrics of Living is a cliche, it's all been done before. Death's the only thing that you've got to live for. Now, I'd seen him on the old Great Whistle Test, and they did this big live performance, and at the end of the song, he shoves a uh, uh, thrusts a knife into his chest, which is a, one of the a fake uh, theatrical knife with blood in the handle. So he puts it in, blood comes pouring out of it, and the song finishes. Um, it's punk rock. It was uh, that was the thing at the time. So he went to see this band, and uh, got to the end, the climax of the show, and uh, he does this because we know it's all spoof uh, except this poor lady at the front uh, who in fact fainted at the time but it was a great show and I remember thinking right this is it you know I'd like to see more live bands and that set me off so the summer went by 
into autumn and eventually we got to Christmas. I was shocked to find out that at Christmas I was only going to get three to four days off. And also, for Christmas I'd get £20 worth of fruit and vegetables. Now, the ladies in the shop were really impressed with this. They could get all the Christmas dinner, the potatoes and the brussels they needed. But for a 16-year-old, I wasn't that impressed. My mum was well pleased and my nan was pleased to get a fresh pineapple for Christmas. When I returned to work after my extensive Christmas break, I was then 17. I started going into pubs. For some reason I started drinking light and bitter and I'd meet up with someone I knew um, and I can't remember his name. Julian Grover was the youngest brother. It was, I'm going to call him Jerry. Uh, he worked in an off-licence in Maidenhead and uh, we used to meet up two or three times a week and have a few drinks. Nick, Nick Grover, Nick Grover. Yes, and we used to meet up and uh, have a few pints at lunchtime. These lunchtime sessions turned into a bit of a pub crawl, centred around the various jukeboxes in the pubs in Maidenhead. We would start off at the White Hart at the top of the high street, where I would choose Benny and the Jets, quickly have a pint. Round the corner from there was the Railway Arms. They had a jukebox which was fixed to the wall, had those twists, you twisted it and it had cards on it. There I would play Won't Get Fooled Again by The Who, the short version, the single version. Then back round the road, behind the back of the greengrocers, there was a tiny like working men's pub called The Apples and Pears. Uh, it may not have been called that, but I can't remember what it was called. I have looked up on Maidenhead on old pubs to try and find the names of the pubs, but the White Hart is the only one still there. Uh, anyway, we're in the Apples and Pears. Apples and Pears, are, I think I used to play Elvis Down Down, which uh, was a, a hit. Elvis had died the previous summer, so uh, I, I was playing that in, in memory of him at the moment. So my work colleagues, I got on with them okay. The two ladies would sort of mother me and uh, disappear out the back to have a fag every now and again. And the manager got, got on all right. His wife would turn up with a couple of kids, as far as I remember, and collect him from work. Suddenly, this all changed. The manager's wife had been married before to a man that lived in Australia. The manager went home one day and found his wife had left, taken the children and gone back to Australia. He was obviously really distraught about this. And this manifested itself with him sitting in his office most of the day, working through a bottle of whiskey. The two ladies would take it in turns to sit in there and try and console him. One afternoon, after a particularly heavy drinking session, he wandered into the shop with one of the knives. Remember I said about the knives we used for trimming the lettuce and things like that? Well, obviously, I, I was a bit uh, concerned about this, but... Uh, Luckily, someone must have come in the shop and uh, he threw it in the potatoes. And after that, it was my job to make sure the knives were hidden somewhere around the shop and he couldn't get hold of them anymore. Exciting times. After four or five weeks, things began to calm down. 
and then there was a scandal. It involved my old school. Some of the girls there had been wearing black bras underneath their school uniform and one of the teachers took offence to this and asked them to change it. There was a big demonstration and they all sat down in the schoolyard and then wouldn't return to their lessons. Well, the Sun newspaper got hold of this and this was absolute prime Sun material. 1977, schoolgirls, underwear, it was everything they could have dreamed of. But it was quite a shock for me, for my old school. All I had to deal with was some dodgy concrete and catching pneumonia. It was around this time that I purchased a record player. Well, up to this point, although I'd collected quite a few records, we only had a small mono record player. So I brought one through the K's catalogue. The K's catalogue was kind of like Argus, although Argus don't have a catalogue now. So you would get this huge book and uh, order, order it, and then you could play so much a month for the next two years or something. It was about £90, which was a, quite a lot of money. Anyway, this record player arrived and we put up the stereo speakers. I don't know, it was amazing to get stereo from both sides. Suddenly, playing Bohemian Rhapsody, you could get all the fish millers. No, I will not let you go. No, I will not let you go. No, 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 no. Let me go. Let me go. I apologise, Freddie Mercury. Uh, I had to make this not too authentic because uh, obviously for copyright reasons. I think I pulled it off quite well. It was at this point of all these large purchasing that my mum decided that I ought to be paying some rent. This came as a bit of a shock to me as my eldest brother was at uh, Slough College and my youngest brother was in the sixth form. So uh, I would be the only one paying any rent. So I thought... I best have a look round and see if I can find a job with a bit more money. This was a Just the Ticket production. <laughs>